This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the 1912 Exiles podcast, the Newport County podcast made by the fans for the fans. I'm Ed. Happy New Year to you. Let's get that out of the way first of all. Hope you all had a restorative and enjoyable Christmas and you're ready for the second half of the season. It didn't get off to the greatest of starts, as we shall hear in a moment, uh, but there's plenty to look forward to. Later on in the pod, we've got a preview of Saturday's FA Cup game against uh, Eastleigh, which is well worth a listen. Um, and yeah, over the coming weeks, we will be talking about the January transfer deadline, rumours abound of uh, yeah imminent departures, potentially for uh, Will Evans and Seb Palmer Holden, Omar Bogle, of course, out now for eight to ten weeks with an injury. So as we discussed on the last pod, the need for us to bring in striking options just to keep our head above water uh, is yeah very much at the front of Graham Cochlin mind. Um, and then, yeah, obviously yesterday we had the disappointment of that late, late equaliser that saw us drop two points uh, at Gander Green Lane in Sutton. Uh, Ollie was due to be our reporter, but illness uh, struck him down. Hope you're feeling better, Ollie. So instead, off the substitutes bench, we called up Amber Arnie, uh, who yeah made the trip and sent us his match diary. So yeah, let's hear from Arnie. Greetings, exiles. Arnie here. Happy New Year to all the exiles out there. Uh, Sorry to say that you've got me for the latest instalment of League Two North, uh, which has got a bit of a twist about it today, because rather than turning left at the Cauldre, we've gone straight on heading east uh, to Sutton. Uh, Ollie apparently was going to do this today, but uh, is not feeling very well, so best wishes to you. Uh, Definitely hoping it's nothing more sinister uh, and you haven't been poached uh, during the January transfer window to go and sign up for somebody else. We've made it as far as Reading Services, which is quite an interesting experience today because just as we arrived with all the county supporters, uh, there's a load of uh, Cardiff Mars bars have turned up as well. So it could be interesting in the queue for Greg's. Really happy to be doing this. Uh, You're probably not. Could be the kiss of death because I haven't exactly got a great record. 
Uh, yeah, l- like the trip to Sutton. It's one of my favourite trips. And according to Miniani, who's here with me today, uh, this the place where I officially became an ultra by getting told off by the ref in a League Two game. So really looking forward to this today. Want to blow away the cobwebs, see if we can get back on the winning ways, see if we can get some points under the belt. So uh, we'll carry on on our way, about halfway there, uh, and we'll see you all at the far post. Okay, so we've arrived in Sutton. My random Arnie fact for the day is that, according to the government, this is the most average town in Britain. Uh, It's the place that the government uses to roll out uh, pilots of new services like universal tax credits and that sort of thing. Uh, In terms of one-word weather, grey, floodlight watch, slightly bizarrely here. So there are arrays of eight lamps on four fairly low uh, poles, stanchions. But the unusual thing is that they're not actually in the corners. Two of them are at the far end, but at the, uh, the end nearest the, the away supporters, they're on about the edge of the 18-yard the box, which is a bit of an, uh, bit of an anomaly. Uh, in terms of the ground itself, pitch is looking pretty heavy. The goal mouths are a bit sandy, a bit old school, uh, which kind of sums up the stadium in general, really. Uh, If you've ever seen the film Chariots of Fire, it looks like the stadium that they run around uh, for the Olympics in, I don't know, 1920-something. So there's one kind of, uh, I'll liberally call it uh, the the kind of grandstand, probably seats about 250 people for for home supporters on one side of the ground. Then you've just got low-level stuff everywhere else. Uh, And it's one of those ones where the away end is probably the best... uh, best facilities around so it's kind of about 10 steps all under cover all very modern at this end with a decent fan zone behind it as well where you can get a beer and a burger so, so that's good uh, shape of the ground is quite unusual as well it's an oval so obviously the pitch is rectangular but the the stadium itself's obviously been used for a dog track or a cycling track at one stage uh, although it's uh, they kind of don't that that bit's not uh, in play at the, at the away end we're really close to the pitch you could touch the back of the nets uh, but everywhere else you're actually quite a long way away from uh, from the ground and it's a bit ramshackle one other thing about the ground I particularly like this as well so we said it's, pre- it's pretty basic and old school uh, on a previous visit here uh, actually having a drink in the club itself uh, you share the toilets there with the match officials so I have actually found myself uh, having a pee next to uh, next to the lino before the game, which is uh, definitely needed a bit of a double take. Uh, certainly not something that you see very regularly at Old Trafford. Uh, but there we go. County are out warming up. In terms of lineup, uh, everybody probably a bit concerned about that news uh, that was on the Argus earlier about Bogle probably being out till March. That'll so um, kind of start off all sorts of conspiracy theories. But the big relief uh, in, in the pub in the Gander Inn earlier, which was where we were having a beer, uh, was to see Will Evans on the starting uh, team sheet and Seb Palmer Holden, I suppose, because there were some rumours about him possibly getting recalled by Bristol City. But glad to report they're both in the starting lineup today, which is the same as we started with on Friday. Uh, I guess the disappointment if Omar's not playing, quite where we're going to get that creativity from. And it still definitely looks like uh, either that pre-Christmas illness of Aaron Wildig was worse than was made out in the press or he's properly been uh, frozen out after that performance at Wrexham. 
all right, that's it. Um, kind of away fans looking pretty sparse at the moment, but then so are the home ones. I reckon we'll probably end up with about 250. There was a decent number in the pub earlier, a uh, couple of coaches that have come up. So, uh, yeah, I hope to make some noise, which kind of being close to the pitch and undercover at uh, the away end really lends itself to that. All right, see you at the far post. So, team's just about to come out onto the pitch. Uh, Amber Army in really good voice. A little bit of rowdiness with the away fans, uh, most of whom seem to have uh, kind of moved to this end of the ground. Uh, a very forlorn-looking Jenny the Giraffe. Their mascot has now left the pitch. Really tough gig, I reckon, that she's got uh, in a ground with not many fans in it altogether and kind of four open corners which uh, most of the fans are in those but doesn't really lend itself to generating much atmosphere okay see you at the far post okay so we're about midway through the set first half i say about uh, because one of the things that the ground hasn't got is a clock uh, which isn't particularly helpful uh, just opening thoughts yeah very scrappy not much promise not much creativity and their main threat definitely looks like it's an aerial one. So they've got a couple of big guys, particularly uh, the number four, Sawumni, uh, who uh, I mentioned Jenny the Giraffe earlier as the kind of the most top-heavy mascot that I've ever seen. In fact, I think he's actually playing centre-half for them. So uh, we'll have to watch that because they've got first heads on quite a lot of stuff so far. But just generally really scrappy. And about the most exciting thing that happened, has happened so far is uh, the stadium announcer saying that somebody's uh, lost their return ticket for the train today and uh, can be picked up from the box office. All right, see you at the far post. So there we are, half-time. Uh, another nil-nil for me to be commenting on. Uh, yeah, not a lot happening from a county perspective there. Uh, in fact, I'd go so far as to say that's probably the worst half of football I've seen since the first half on Friday. Our biggest threat, I suppose, Lewis Payne down the right, got free a couple of times, managed to find a bit of space, but we haven't exactly got lots of people in the box uh, and we haven't really had a clear chance yet. I suppose from a certain perspective, they've at least hit the post. Uh, they do look like an aerial threat, so we're going to have to watch that. Uh, and the big thing to report was that uh, at half-time, they did a, a score from the corner flag challenge uh, and it ended up six misses each for a couple of county fans and a couple of their fans, which pretty well sums up where we are today, really. Uh, decent, decent vibe in the concourse from the back of, uh, of our stand. Uh, Burger van doing a bit of uh, decent trade. A couple of beers being sunk, but it's all a little bit subdued on New Year's Day. So uh, there we go. We'll see how we go. See you at the far post. So just when I was hoping to break my duck and thinking we were going to be really comfortable at the end, they've chucked everything at it. A uh, couple of long throws. A uh, couple of corners and then it's just gone straight in by look of it. Bit of a scramble. Couldn't see whether Nick got any kind of challenge. Uh, but he's just squirted in. Uh, and we're back to one each. Four minutes of added time. Yeah. We'll see how we go. So there we are. Uh, full time. One each. Probably feels like two points dropped and definitely feels a bit flat. Uh, really had an opportunity there, I reckon, to uh, to, to, to kill them off, uh, put a couple of nails in their coffin. But in fairness to them, they stuck at it. Uh, yeah, we didn't really create a lot of chances, worked the ball really well to the right by Benno and then got it across to McLaughlin. Good strike for the goal, should have been enough. Then you could see it come in. The threat was always from them, from set pieces. So, uh, yeah, game of not much class, um, one each probably feels pretty fair all right uh, we'll go again we'll see you for eastley on saturday uh, safe travels to all the exiles and uh, see you at the far post
Wonderful stuff. Thank you, Arnie. A disappointing late goal, but I think, yeah, the blame for that lies squarely with me. I texted Arnie on about 85 minutes saying that at last he was going to be able to report on an away win. Um, I should have known that I was tempting fate. So, yeah, you can blame that one on me. Right, let's turn our attention to the upcoming game on Saturday in the third round of the FA Cup. I recorded a match preview um, earlier in the week um, that is really excellent and really worth a listen. So I'm just going to pitch straight to that clip. So I promised you a preview of Saturday's FA Cup game against Eastleigh. Um, We have intended to do match previews in the pod this season because we've been trialling instead our four-question preview on social media where we get a, a few short insights from an opposition fan ahead of the game. But for this match, we're going to make an exception. Why? Well, shortly after the draw was made, uh, we got a, a message from a listener. That listener was Ashley Healy, who is a, a Newport boy and a Newport County fan, but also has some insights on our opponents, as he's currently the under-18s manager at, you guessed it, Eastley FC. And we couldn't let slide the opportunity to have a chat with him. So Ashley joins me now. Hello, Ashley. Hiya, Ed. Lovely to meet you. How are you? Um, yeah, Brilliant. So you grew up in Newport as a county fan. Before we come on to Eastleigh, tell us a little bit about your first game and your favourite memory of watching county. Yeah, quite a while ago now. Um, I think one of my first memories was uh, the team with with Julian Allsop, Jason Bowen uh, down at Spitty Park um, in the old shed end with lo- lots of noise from my uncle and my granddad and the people around us. Um I very vaguely remember my first game being, I think it was Histon um, at home, and we absolutely smashed them. Um, I think it was 5-1 in the end. Um, but yeah, that's those are my, my earliest kind of memories, um, particularly remembering when we signed a certain Dean Holdsworth, uh, obviously towards the end of his career at that time, but I think his, his debut goal was an absolute cracker from about, 30, 35 yards out. Um, we thought, wow, what a player year. And eventually, what a manager we had in him. Um, so, yeah, those are my my kind of earliest um, memories of, of Newport and, and going down with my family and, you know, meeting people down there. Um, good times. <laughs> and and how did you end up as a coach at Eastleigh? What, what's been your kind of journey into football coaching? How did all that happen? Yeah, so I was I was playing when I was younger, um, not not to a great level, to be honest, and I was never really that good. Um, <clears throat> but I was 17, 18 years old, and I tore my crew shirt playing football. Um, so it was kind of one of those where I was at a crossroads: do I, you know, go back playing, or is there something else in football? Because football's always been a part of me, and my granddad played. Um, and and everyone you know with my family is football mad, so you know the next thing for me was was coaching. So I went to university, um, then a degree in football business and football coaching. Uh, then moved to China for a year, coaching for Tranmere Rovers, which is not trying for New Year every day. <laughs> um, yeah, and then upon my arrival back, I completed my UEFA B, and. I was looking for a club, so I came back to the city that you know I, I completed my university degree in to do a masters. So completed my masters in football, uh, football business, and and coaching, and 
there was a vacancy at Eastleigh with the under 15s, and this was 2018 at the time. So you can see I've been there quite a while now. <laughs> and, and I took it, and, and yeah, it's, the rest is kind of history. Um, I progressed quite quite a fair bit through there, uh, from starting with the under 15s, uh, working my way up to one of the scholar coaches at the club with the older the older lads. Also had a, a brief stint of, well, the brief, it was three seasons of uh, managing the ladies team and making it to the second round of the FA Cup. So, yeah, it's all, um, it's all been excellent, really. And, you know, it, the, the journey I've had with the club itself has been, has been second to none. Fantastic. And in terms of the club as a whole, I mean, obviously everyone looks at it and goes easily, you know, non-league club conference side, but as we all know, the disparity between teams in the conference, between the the haves and the have-nots, is is huge. You know, you've got some teams with a fully professional setup, and some teams with, um, yes, yeah, something much more, uh, kind of convoluted. So, where's Eastley within that? What's the setup like within the within the club? It's definitely growing. Um, over the past, we say three or four, five years, uh, period, we've had a new a new stand uh, behind the goal, which is subsequently turned into a restaurant and uh, like a hospitality kind of venue um, which is hired out pretty much every day of the week um, we've got a new stand the other end behind the other goal um, which has just been put into place at the beginning of this season and then beneath that uh, you've got all the classrooms which is where all the education happens at the club with the 16 to 18 year olds so it's a pretty big setup. Um, they own own their ground, unlike us, unfortunately, um, which is you know always good to have as a football club, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a good setup. It's well run, professionally run. Um, the the owner who you may know from um, the Netflix series of Sunderland till I die, come back uh, this season. So it's been a, a good investment in the playing squad. Um, and and yeah, I mean, currently sitting three points off the playoffs. It's not a bad setup, to be fair. And, and they've had a good run in the cup as well. I mean, it's a big game for both sides on Saturday, but Eastley dumped Reading out of the cup in the, the previous round and, and must be fancying it. So what's that kind of FA Cup journey been like? And um, what are... Eastley fans expecting on on Saturday. Yeah, it all started at Dover, um, so we had Dover at home, um, which was, a, to be honest with you, Ed, it was a pretty boring game to watch. <laughs> um, finished one nil, so I think I think at that point fans were kind of thinking we're not going to go very far because we should have absolutely smashed them, but you know it, it, it didn't come to fruition. Um, the next non-negotiable was Boreham Wood in the FA Cup, I think. For the past three or four seasons, we've always had Boreham Wood, uh, and we've always lost. So it was no surprise to have Boreham Wood, but this time it was at home. Um, finished five-one, and you're kind of thinking, "Oh, okay, something different is happening this season." And then you get the Reading draw, which which was just an amazing day. It was absolutely packed, um, great atmosphere. Reading, obviously, with despite all their troubles at the moment, had some serious players. Um, I think they were probably a little bit naive in that game coming to Eastleigh and playing um, a large number of 
youngsters. Yeah. What what made the difference towards the end of the game was them bringing on their number ten, Sam Smith, who you know is one of their regular starters. He completely changed the game, but you know they obviously pulled it back to one one, and then the last minute goal from McCallum. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that at Eastleigh before, where you know the fans have got absolutely mental. The manager's got mental. It's, it's, it was just a brilliant occasion, a brilliant, uh, brilliant thing to be a part of, really. Um, so yeah, um, and <laughs> that brings us on to the draw. And every every time we have an FA Cup draw, and every every season across everything, you know, get the county, get the county, get the county, and it finally happened. But obviously, you know, we had to go to Barnet. But yeah, you must be the only person working. Oh, sorry, I'll have another run at that. Um, you must be the only person associated with Eastleigh who was hoping for Newport County away this round of the draw, right? Yeah, I think the manager was hoping for Leicester. Uh, a big Leicester fan. Obviously, we know all about them in the FA Cup. So, kind of been there, done that. Um, <laughs> they, uh, a few of the others were hoping for Man United. Um, but, no. Newport County for me, please. <laughs> and and I, it might, wouldn't have minded it either way. Yeah. And it, it's a strong league this year. You know, again, people could be forgiven thinking, well, Notts County and Wrexham um, have been promoted out of that league in recent times, Stockport as well, you know, what the, and the teams who've gone down haven't been as good and as competitive. But I mean, this year, just looking at the table, you've got Chesterfield who presumably likely to kind of walk away with the title. Um, you've got Barnet, who obviously we had in the previous round and, and gave us a, a good game at, at Rodney Parade. Um, and you know, Eastleigh mid-table at the moment, but there's there's plenty of other sides there who are who are looking pretty solid. So you know, how have Eastleigh found it this season? Like I say, currently eleventh, um, I think in in that table. But it's a it's a strong league. Yes, um, there's been quite a quite a steady season, to be honest. I think with, with Wrexham and Notts County going out, it kind of opened it up a little bit. Um, I think everyone kind of knew Chesterfield would run away with it. Uh, they were a football league club in their own right, to be honest. And that's, that's another excellent setup, you know, ready for the league. Um, and I imagine that next season there'll be there will be a tough opponent for us. Um, <clears throat> I've no doubt that we'll stay in the league. Um, and and really below that, I I I feel that we'll see a new club come up. Um, a club we haven't seen for a while, you know, uh, maybe a Wokegate, a Barnet, maybe an Eastley. Um, it's definitely opportunity for one of those clubs to, you know, to make history, to to get back into the league. And maybe like Barnet haven't been in the league for years. So I think we definitely will see a new club come up, um, which, you know, has really opened it up. And, you know, as you can see, I mean, Eastley at the moment, 11th, three points off the playoffs, it's wide open. And it always is. It's it's that it's a funny league where everyone's got a chance. You know, you could be you could be two points off relegation at come January time and then you have a good little run of seven or eight games on a bounce where you win and all of a sudden you're up to eight. So it's it's a it's a crazy league really in its own right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who should we be watching out for within 
Eastleigh's team? Who are the the players to watch? I think you're looking mainly at the the physicality of the front two in Paul McCallum and Scott Quigley. Um, McCallum, it, it, it's 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 quite scary, really, that a player in the national league has been so brutal, been so physical and so deadly in front of goal. Um, he's one of those players that, as a centre half, you just do not want to play against. He's you know he's very very physical. Um, and and it always, you know, yeah, he's a he's a very physical player, um, and he's always one of those that that inside of the box, he's always there. You put a ball in the box, he will attack it. He will be there. Will always score goals. Um, very similar for Quigley, um, quite a strong player, quite athletic. Um, but for me, the one really to look out for is Maguire come from the Football League um, uh, uh, quite a tricky number 10 finds quite a lot of pockets in behind the midfield um, yeah he's one of those that you know I, I feel really should still be in the Football League and he's one player that I'd love to see at the county but you know I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon um, but yeah I mean there, there's still quite a few others you know Enzio Boldwine from, from Sutton Last season, he was he was immense against Reading. Um, really physical going back, and then coming forward, um, great feet, and he was excellent. So there's there's quality all over the team, really. If I'm honest, um, and yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to. It. And I don't know. I don't want you to give away any trade secrets here, but if you were Graham Copeland, what weaknesses might you try to exploit in the Eastleigh team? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'll definitely be thinking towards more of the counter-attacking football that we've been playing this season. Um, you know, pouncing on kind of loose passes, poor touches, uh, committing men forward when we when we do win the ball and when we do go forward. I think they they are a team that you know I wouldn't say they really play possession-based football. They keep the ball on the floor like Barnett did. But they also are not afraid to do that, you know, and they're not afraid to kind of go long, hit an area. So pretty similar to us in a way. <laughs> you know, there's no real sense of, oh, this is the way they're going to play. You know, it's, it's a complete surprise package what you get with a Gampy whenever you watch them. I mean, you know, and that's that's been a that's been a trait of ours over the past couple of seasons, not just with Cochrane. So, you know, it's... Um, yeah, I'd definitely be be looking to press high, um, be physical, be quick, move the ball fast, hit areas. Um, you know, I'd l- love to see Will Evans kind of taking on players such as George Langston at the back, um, another centre half that easily have. So yeah, um, that would be what I would do. Um, press them, press them hard, press them quick. And try and win the ball back as quickly as possible. Once you get the ball into the front two of Eastleigh, I think you, you, we're going to struggle a little bit. And the big question, of course, Ashley, you know, Eastleigh have completely sold their allocation on uh, on Saturday. But where are you going to be sat? Are you going to be sat with them or are you going to be in the home stand? There's no question for me. I'll be in the Hazel Terrace as always, uh, just to the right. 
like the Graham Coughlin, uh, where I always I've always have stood. You know, it's been a been quite a lucky place for me to stand. I've seen some great managers there, just in Edinburgh, probably one of the best that I've you know I've been been able to stand kind of really next to on that terrace and listen to what he's been saying to his players. Michael Flynn, another another amazing manager that you know learned so much off just kind of just being stood there and absorbing everything that they're saying and you know trying to work out what they're asking of their players um yeah there's, there was no no doubt in my mind that I would be on the hazel terrace or compete terrace as it's known now oh it's, it's always the hazels to us that's our, our unbelievable job exiles yeah we we yeah. we'll never change same for me never change I let me push you for prediction. What's what's going to happen? What's the score going to be? I'm going to go two one Newport. See, I was I was going to bet that you'd say uh, it'd be a draw, and we we have to have the replay easily. But you're yeah. you're confident? No, I I can't wait to walk into uh, into Sherwood, which is the restaurant where the players go for breakfast with my Newport County top up <laughs> on the Monday. So that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, let's let's hope you get to have a nice laugh. Ashley, thank you very much. Um, I, I hope you enjoy the game on Saturday, and that all of your Eastleigh colleagues have a miserable afternoon. Um, of the, you know, during the ninety minutes, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll doubtless catch up again in the future. Yeah. No. Thank you very much for having me on. It really appreciate it. That more or less wraps up uh, this episode of the pod. But before we go, those of you who listened to the Christmas special episode will remember we did some Newport County Christmas-related puns, and I set listeners a challenge. I said, could anyone come up with uh, a pun, a Christmas pun around a Franzi, uh, a Franzi Zanzala, our yeah, Permo-injured striker? Um, only one man felt that they were up to the challenge, uh, and it was, of course, Ambarani. No one else else would dare to give this a go and he sent us this clip which really made me laugh so yeah over to you Arnie. Greetings exiles Arnie here just wanted to give a big shout out to Ed, Ian, Reese, and Jamie for the fantastic festive podcast. Ding dong Merry Kiban Rai was a particular highlight for me so I thought I'd take up the tricky Zanzala Christmas Carol challenge. Apologies in advance for the recording quality but Alan Jones says he's a bit busy this time of the year and I left my voice up in North Wales. Here goes. Are we ever gonna see him wear a black and amber shirt again? Offranders and Zala. That's all, folks. See you at the far post, and Merry Christmas. <laughs> Good work, Ardy. Really, really appreciate that. I hope it made all of the other listeners smile as much as it did me. Um, that wraps it up for this episode. Uh, I will be back on Saturday. I'm at the Eastley game. I'm going to be sat next to uh, the OG of the pod, Mr. Reese Warren, and we will doubtless have a report on that game. But until then, look after yourselves, look after each other, and as always, keep it county. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.